A white man? No! Hello and welcome to the Unsub is a White Man. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. And we are so excited to talk about this episode of Criminal Minds this week. It is a good one. This is like Hall of Fame level Criminal Minds. It is. It's just absolutely bananas and it's everything that we watch Criminal Minds for. Exactly. All of the insanity. There's not, this will not leave you wanting at all. They have everything in here. Um, And the very, I I went into this and I wasn't quite sure if I remembered this episode. And the very first thing I wrote down in all caps was, oh my God, I remember this. Like (laughs) like the first millisecond of something on the screen was like, (gasps) Yes. Because it's so good. And I was excited because this originally aired around Christmas time, December 14th, 2005. Mm. What so a time. So it's like a Christmas episode. Like Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh. <laughs> Let's not start that conversation. <laughs> That's for a different podcast. <laughs> All right. So um, this one just has like the best cold open and it deserves an Emmy really. Yeah. And it, it is for a best great death scene. If that was an Emmy that they handed out, I don't believe that it is. It but should, it could be a category now. Yeah. Do they retroactively give Emmys for made up categories God. from 20 years ago? They should. Uh, and this has a great title too. Blood hungry. Blood hungry. Love yes. it. Um, so this one starts with a kid and he's singing, taking singing lessons. Um, And he's super excited to tell his teacher and the teacher's son about how he's going to get paid $5 to sing at a Christmas party. And Mm. it's really cute. Um, He's singing the, the, what is it? My Father's World. Yes, I can't remember the name of the, I should have looked it up, the name of it. Yeah. Um, It's a well-known one. Like, it's one of those songs you're like, I feel like I've heard this somewhere before. Yeah. Um, So he... um, he has a really lovely singing voice, but um, did it look to you like he was lip syncing? Yeah, it, it was okay. something was off. I was about like, I'm it. not a singer, but it like it seemed like he wasn't opening his mouth enough mm-hmm. to like get that level of sound and projection out of it. Yeah, and it just I don't know, like the tone of his singing voice doesn't really match the tone of his speaking voice either. Yeah. See, I don't know enough about singing because I can't sing anything. So I was super <laughs> impressed with this kid fake singing. Um, but uh, somebody is watching the house from the outside. And you see all these like weird shaky camera shots. and um, It's very disorienting. Yes. Uh, the teacher's son leaves to walk the little boy home and she sits down at the piano and we see the guy approaching the house. Um, she notices him come up behind her and just lets out this really stilted scream and Uh then just drops face down on the piano. It's like, very abrupt. It is. Yeah. It is hilarious. And it's just, it's very disjointed. It's like he walks in and she screams and then she gets hit and then she screams and then she falls forward onto the piano. I've seen this clip so many times on TikTok stitched with the, um, Tell me or tell me a, about a scene that's so good you forgot it was acting. <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of looks like a prostitute. Like nothing about this woman seems like you want your kid in her home. You know what I mean? Like she's like really garish makeup on. Yeah, lots of eyeliner. It's in the south, though, I feel like they. Yeah, 
I mean, yes, it fits. They all look like prostitutes. Yeah, no, I mean, I just, like, <laughs> I feel like the makeup style is different. Yeah, it, it's... I don't know. She's great. I'm not, I'm not trying like, to say she's yeah, not great. Like rural Tennessee. Yeah. But yeah, she does, there does seem to be something off about her, but maybe it's just... It's because she's so good at acting. <laughs> maybe it's because she's not a good actor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, this woman was paid for this scene. She made actual money, yeah. I presume, yeah. off of this. Like she's part of a union or something. Yeah, and like a whole bunch of people all saw this clip and they were all like, yeah, seems fine. Theor- and then they let it happen. Yeah, theoretically she auditioned for this and she's like the best of the bunch. Yeah. Imagine what the others were like. It's like I don't understand their, the guest stars. Like, like some of them, they get like such talented, amazing yeah. guest stars. Even like not famous ones, but like just really talented actors and Mm. then some of them you're just like what are you doing yeah it's like they asked me to stand in the background or something (laughs) um so then we photo jump into the BAU so it's weird because you like yeah like they we photo jump and then we're looking at a photo of the house and Hotch hopes that everyone has had a good weekend because he's about to ruin their week Mm -hmm. um JJ tells us about two murders that have happened in this tiny Tennessee town in the last week. One of them was an elderly man who was stabbed 18 times and his shotgun was stolen. The second was our music teacher lady, and Mm -hmm. she was bludgeoned with the stolen shotgun, Mm -hmm. which the man that they just showed us was absolutely not holding when he walked up to the house. No, he was was not. There was no... And shotguns are large, right? We've determined this in another episode. (laughs) I was going to say, he wasn't even wearing a lab coat (laughs) to hide it. Nothing to hide his giant gun. Yeah. Um, There... Were also uh, CDs, DVDs, and jewelry stolen from the house, and the woman was eviscerated. Um, So the two murders don't really have a lot in common. Um, Elle suggests that there were two killers, and Gideon, who has just hobbled in on a set of crutches, says it could be a psychotic killer operating on delusions. Uh, Gideon has apparently injured himself skydiving. Mm -hmm. It was on his bucket list. Um, This seems like a... This is such a bizarre subplot. Just... Such a big old lie, and everyone just accepts it immediately. Yeah, it's like yeah. your your job is to pick up on when people are lying to you. They take them at face value, and they're all like, mm, "Okay, like this man was not <laughs> skydiving." <laughs> um, so there's not much organization in the killing, but Reed notices patterns of rings in the blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gideon says that he can work that angle since he can't go out in the field while he's injured. Yeah, Hotch is super inconvenienced by Gideon's injury yes. in these moments. It's great. His skydiving injury. His, right. Yes. Um, Hotch says that psychotic killers are usually easier to find because they're not trying to hide at yeah. all. And um, then Gideon says, but that doesn't make them less dangerous because they just keep going until they're caught. Mm-hmm. So everyone arrives at the crime scene, including the sheriff. Did you recognize the sheriff? No. He is the guy from the Sisters Gang from Shawshank Redemption. <gasps> no way. Yeah. So, I didn't realize um, that. I hated his face immediately. Yeah. Like, as soon as he showed up, I was like, well, he's clearly the murderer. Because <laughs> I just I just hate him from that. Because I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Yeah. But he's just that guy. 
Um, Elle says that everything that was stolen was taken from an upstairs bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, Reed says that the unsub didn't seem to come any closer to her than he had to. And the sheriff asks what that means. And Elle very helpfully says that there's a discrepancy in the profile. Yeah. And they, that's not helpful. The, the sheriff needs more explanation. Yeah. And well, they always go immediately to discrepancies in the profile. I'm like, but you haven't really built a profile yet. Yeah. That's like once an episode, someone's like, hmm. This doesn't match the profile. Like, we've heard nothing. Yeah, you don't know anything. You have nothing. Yes. Um, The sheriff's face uh, indicates that he has no idea what she's talking about. Mm -hmm. And Reed explains that there may have been two people in the house, a psychotic killer and a thief, because someone went through the medicine cabinet. Mm -hmm. So that immediately leads them to believe that um, the killer must be a drug addict who's, um, like, meth use, Mm -hmm. despite, I don't. I, they go right to meth. Uh, yeah, maybe it's a big problem yeah. there. Like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but they're like somebody went through the medicine cabinet. They must have been looking for meth. It's like, like, is that where people keep their meth? I don't you, know. If you have you ever seen the episode of New Girl where <laughs> they try to blame it on the meth addicts yeah. ruining Schmidt suits? That's what it reminds me of. You're like, no, the meth head would do this. It doesn't make any sense, but it's just what meth heads do. I'm like, I don't know if you guys know what those are really like. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that seemed like a leap, but mm-hmm. okay. Um, the CSU people found a soda can by the fence, and the sheriff thinks that it was left by the unsub while he waited for an opportunity to attack. Um, and then L points out that this boy... Um, I hate this. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not... I, I hate the delivery, but yeah. the idea is not bad right. because she's looking out from the music stand and she's saying like, oh, well, there's a tree blocking from where I'm standing, but this is a kid. So he mm-hmm. would have a totally different vantage point. And she crouches down and then we look back out the window and it's it's the same view. There's right. no difference yeah. in the view at all. Exactly. Which is what made me so mad about it. Yeah. She's um, like, there would be a tree branch or tree branch blocking my view. And then she crouches down and you, there's, there's, still there's still a tree no branch. visibility. Yeah. No, you wouldn't be able to see anything. But, and I have, I mean, I feel like I am around more seven-year-olds than the average person, right? You too. Yeah. And can you imagine any scenario where you're trying to get a seven-year-old to do something and they see something out the window and don't say anything to you about Especially it? Especially if it's something really scary. Yeah. Like, yeah, no. I like mean, the wind rattles weird and you have to be like, hey, hey, over yeah. here, I'm talking to you. At our school, at exactly the same time every day, which I think is right around 930 because it's when I'm trying to start my second reading group, the train goes by mm-hmm. um, and you can't see the train, but you can hear the train. And yeah. one of the kids always goes, it's the train. And then everything comes to a <laughs> dead standstill in the classroom until the train has passed. Yeah, can so you- imagine if you could see the train out the window. We'd never do anything again. If there was a person out there, it would be pandemonium. Yeah. Nobody would be sitting still. So there's, there's no scenario where if he could see something, he doesn't say something immediately. Yeah. He'd be like, Hey, who's that guy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, that's seven year olds. Right. They consistently harp on the fact that this child, this character, Wally is Mm -hmm. seven years old. Yes. Um, he is, 12. Yeah. There oh, is yeah. no way that this child is younger no. than like 10 or 11. Like, yep. That's, that is the absolute that's... lowest that I would go. Mm-hmm. He does not look to be seven in any way, shape or form. No, and TV shows are guilty of this all the time. It drives me crazy because it's so easy to fix. If you can't find somebody that looks seven, don't say he's seven. 
Yeah. And there's no, he nothing. He could be 12. It doesn't affect the plot. No, there's no part of the plot that's affected by this kid's age. No. Like his height is the only thing that matters. Right. So, okay, so whatever. He's short for 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Elle goes to talk to him and the kid immediately, like his mom's like, he didn't see anything. You already told you you didn't see anything. And the kid's like, oh, no, no, I saw a man and he was skinny and he looked crazy and he put his finger up to shush me when I saw him through the window. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Thank That's you for being so <laughs> forthcoming, child. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're like, well, if he's skinny and he looked crazy, he's clearly the it's, meth addict that we're looking for. It's the one meth addict they yes. know. Um, so Elle and Reed asked the sheriff for a lith, uh, list of all the like meth addict arrests <laughs> in this rural town of 5,000 people. And yeah. my first thought was just like, this is either going to be a really short list or a very long list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no in-between. Yeah, but it seems that it's a pretty short list. Yeah. Um, so then we're back at the BAU and Gideon is looking at pictures of the blood ring marks, but he's doing it in Garcia's office. Inexplicably. Inexplicably. Yeah. Um, she's, Seems like the least efficient place to do it. There's no table space here. Yeah. And all he does is complain about how it's too cold and, and there's no dark. room and, and it's dark yeah. and it's crowded. And it's like, yeah, of course it's Go to cold a and table. dark. She sits at computers all day. Yeah. Like, have you ever been in like the like IT rooms where they just have like all the computer servers yeah, and stuff. It it's is freezing. Frigid in those and, rooms. and I don't understand this um, like bumbling, grumpy Gideon thing they're doing either. Yeah. I don't very, like it. Yeah. Very it's annoying off-putting. and out of character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just being super annoying and he won't leave and he's just being a total jerk to Garcia. And you're yeah. like, who are you? Knock right. it off. Um, so anyway, we have a list of two junkies. Mm-hmm. One of them is Domino Thacker. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff says he's real bad news. Great name. Yes. Um, and he conveniently lives right between the mm-hmm. true crime or the two crime scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they arrive at Domino's house uh, through an extremely abrupt transition. Yeah. Like it just cuts directly to just the like truck swarm. barreling up to the house. Yeah. Like there's, it is a weird it's a hard directorial cut. choice. <laughs> um and Domino is just running around on the porch in his tidy whities and a pair of boots. Yeah. Um, and he tries to run away unsuccessfully. And there's just a really unfortunate close-up shot of his ass while he's running uphill, but the camera is downhill. In his and it's just briefs. In his briefs. In his dirty is, white briefs. It's bad. It is hard to watch. Um, it's also not proper police work. Like, they have no. nothing going in there. This guy's getting off scot-free. Yeah. If he is the murderer, we've really bungled this whole thing. Yeah. But um, Morgan is really good at tackling people, so. Mm. Mm-hmm. He does that. Yeah. And um, they take him to jail. And the this particular guy is mm-hmm. played by Doug Jones. Yes. Very exciting. Yes. And I was so excited <laughs> to see him. Um, so he says he was at the house and he was thinking about stealing her car, but he didn't. Elle says that her blood is on his shoes, which matched the tread of the prince at the scene. Mm-hmm. Um She's just kind of like antagonizing him and he's getting like more and more worked up. And then Morgan calls him over to the bars um, of the jail cell and he says he knows that Domino didn't kill Annie, but they need his help to find the guy. And Domino says that he was intending to rob her, but she was dead when he came in. Um, And he like took a few little things. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, the stuff he took was like the CDs and DVDs, like inconsequential crap, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And he was just like... 
Um, he's so upset and he's like sobbing and he's like, I just needed the money. I didn't hurt her. And like, it's, it's really good. It's really he's good. Great. One of the only really good moments in this yeah. whole episode. It reminded me of the scene in, um, the Fox where they get the brother yeah, and yeah. he's like really distraught. Mm-hmm. It's like, see, you guys, you find you really it. good guests. Yeah, because they could have really wasted him and they didn't. Yeah. Which was nice because, oh boy, is there a lot coming our way shortly. Oh, there sure is. Um, so, um, Hotch tells the sheriff that Domino didn't do anything. And the only lead they have is that the killer has a hooded sweatshirt. Like what a clue. That is the only thing that they're working off of. What a clue. Somebody in rural Tennessee. With a hooded sweatshirt. With a hooded sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, so we're back at the BAU and Gideon is just rudely eating Chinese food all over Garcia's stuff. Yeah. And Garcia comes in and gives him the autopsy report, uh, reports and says that Annie was missing her liver and stomach. Um, Gideon's container is food, just leaves this grease stain all over the blueprints that he insisted that she get out because mm-hmm. he can't look at them on a screen. He has to look at them on paper. Yep. Um, and Garcia just like decides finally to stand up for herself. And she's like, you're making a mess of my space. You're being rude. Get out. I don't want you in here. Mm-hmm. And he's just ignoring her and just making more grease marks um, because he realized that the rings and blood were made by some kind of a container that was set down repeatedly yeah, and gross. picked up. Um, that he, And that he must be putting the blood and the organs into mm-hmm. these containers. So it's anthropophagy. Uh, better known as better known as cannibalism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's like, like Garcia's like really shocked. Like guys, doesn't she know that she should know that? I guess she's just a tech person, but like, I guess, I mean, I knew that. Yeah. I'm not an FBI agent. Right. But well, (laughs) we probably do a lot more, spend more time looking at, looking at crime stuff than Garcia does. Maybe I'm just a freak. (laughs) Uh, anyway, then we see the unsub open a fridge, which is just full of containers of blood. Mm-hmm. It's gross. It is um, super gross. But then we get the, the profile. profile. Yes. Uh, this is a short and sweet one. Yeah. It was really fast. There's not a lot you need to know. Uh, 20 to 30 years old, engages in cannibalism, drinks human blood, and possibly eats the organs. An extreme level of psychosis disorganized, lives or has lived in the town, shocking, I know, Mm -hmm. knows the territory. You've all seen him at the ballpark or riding his bike home from the grocery store. He wasn't always a threat. He could have been a neighbor or a friend. And something about his delusion is keeping him here in town. Yes. Um, And there's a great, uh, you know, this superimposed guy on the bike thing, brushing against the shoulder, all that stuff. Um, And then they also reference the Richard Chase, the vampire killer. They did a little dramatic reenactment when they're talking about drinking the blood. It's just him drinking the blood. Um, And there is a lot in here that is just straight out of Yeah, it just is that case. Um, Less gross somehow. Yeah. Yeah. The, they the really actual, backed down. The actual crime was, it was so bad that even Criminal Minds was like, this is a <laughs> bit much. We should tone it down, which is saying something. Yeah, they really, I mean, in a lot of other ways in the earlier episodes, they really like go right for the throat. And like, no, we're just going to make it gross. It is what it is. Yeah. They were like, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So Hodge wants to search the neighborhoods of each crime scene thoroughly, starting at Annie's house. Um, the sheriff says that the first victim's funeral is today, so that they could go they could go meet all the neighbors there. So they just scrap Hotch's plan entirely mm-hmm. to go like looking for evidence. And they're like, mm, right, let's go to the funeral. Evidence? We've never used that. No. Um, so yeah, they go to the funeral, which seems like a super appropriate time to conduct an investigation. Yeah, um, they're not subtle either. Nobody's going to be upset about this. Yeah, at all. they're yeah. they're kind of rude about it, but all right. Yeah. Uh, JJ and L show up with a list of suspects who have been institutionalized for various psychotic episodes. Um, I'm not sure why they didn't look for this earlier. Right. They're just coming up with this information. And this now. is a small town. This small town has a lot of stuff going on under the surface for how small it is. Yeah. The ratio of like disturbed individuals in this small Tennessee town is quite high. Yes. I mean, I would consider where we live to be a pretty small town and it's like six times the size yeah. of this place. Yeah. Um, so uh, there, one of them was a guy who suffers from manic depression and he used to bite the heads off of chickens. Um, and his name is Oli Maynor. Um, <laughs> the names in this episode really are great. Yeah. Wally and Oli. Um, <laughs> so a woman in a really ostentatious fur coat and a hat with a little face net tells mm-hmm. them that she saw Oli with his brother a few days ago. Um, yeah, this woman in her outfit, I was like, what kind of vibe are we going for in this town? Which one is it? Pick a lane. Yeah. Because they're all over the place with what we're supposed to think about the people that live there. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we see somebody hacking up a chunk of meat. Um, it's, it's a red herring, though, because it's just we're in a butcher shop. Mm-hmm. It's just a regular butcher. Um, always it's just regular meat. Just regular meat. <laughs> Animal meat, not human meat. Yeah. Not from the meat system, as one of my <laughs> students called the muscular system in class the other day. Um, Oli's brother, Jesse, is a butcher. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not want anyone to know that Oli had been released because he is very protective of him and doesn't want anyone like going after him. Um, Oli's hiding in the meat freezer, and Derek just like talks him out of it immediately. He's like, hey, man, come out. And Oli's like, okay, and just walks out. And so. then he like maths all over him to reason with him. Yeah. Like, why is there so much math in this conversation? I don't know. <laughs> Um, Jesse's super protective of Oli. Um, he wants to make sure that they're, they're not going to get a, like trick him into confessing to something that he didn't do. Yeah. Um, Oli doesn't want to stay with Jesse if it means he has to hide. He wants to leave and start a new life. He seems really lucid and reasonable. He's clearly medicated and like, he doesn't have a delusion keeping him there because he wants to he get out. He doesn't want to be there. Yeah. yeah. The only reason he's there is because he's staying with his brother because right. he doesn't have anywhere else to go right now. And the, the acting in this scene is abysmal. It, it is was bad. so hard. Like, are we just, you know, they did their whole little Doug Jones things and you're like, wow, okay, this is good. And yeah. then they get to the, these two guys and I was like, whoa, this is so hard to watch. Yeah. I'm like, can we get Doug Jones back? Yeah. Actually? Like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, so Wally, the seven-year-old preteen from the opening, is singing to his grandmother now, mm-hmm. and we see somebody watching from outside. It's the like shaky camera work, yeah. Um, which started to remind me of didn't they do really weird camera stuff in Compulsion too? Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. director. 
Really? Yes. He's a big fan. Yeah. Yeah, it's like all this really... And I wrote that down, I don't understand the camera angles. Yeah. Because it's just like, I I understand what they're going for, but they're not executing it well. No. And so it just... No, it just comes off as like Blair Witchy instead of like you're seeing from the point of view of someone who is experiencing a psychotic episode. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's the same... Same director. Interesting. I think these are the t- only two episodes that he did in this season. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, this grandma, too, yeah. is comes off as pretty deranged in this moment. She's like, again, again. Yeah. Keep singing to me. I'm like, man, let him take a break. He's singing the same yeah. song at you over and over again. It's like, and that, is that the only song that kid sings? Apparently. I guess so. Um, and I thought the grandmother, just because she was had such weird facial expressions, mm-hmm. I thought she was blind. Oh, yeah, I could, yeah. But then she, like, just gets up and walks over to the, like, there's mm-hmm. no, nothing else to indicate that she was blind, except yeah. for, like, just the way that she was, like, it was holding very her off-putting. face while he was singing. And then at first I was like, oh, that's really cute. Like, he's singing to his grandma, and mm-hmm. she's, like, enjoying the singing because, you know, she can't see him, <laughs> but she can, like, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. Nope, nope, she just, they're just is weird. making a weird facial choice right now. And how, how many times has he sung it at that point? Like, it seemed like this was like a multiples performance. Yeah. He'd already sung it quite a few times. Like, like play it again, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then uh, so we the grandmother, like, turns around and is obviously not blind because she sees the attacker mm-hmm. and screams. Um, she's presumably stabbed. Um, and then we just see a close-up of Wally's face from the point of view Man, of the Poor unsub. Wally cannot catch a break he in cannot. this episode. Um, the sheriff and the team are at the house because somebody called after hearing a car screech away. It was the grandmother's car, which is this, like, big-ass old gold car. Very like, recognizable. Put an APB on that. Yeah. Like, you can find that car. Somebody do something. Yeah. This is a small town. Like, you should be able to find that car right away. Yeah. Um, especially because, like they were saying, like, this, de- like, delusional killers don't try to hide. Right. He's, yeah. like, driving around in a car with, like, a big arrow pointing at yeah. it now. Um, so they wonder if maybe it was, the unsub was after Wally the whole time because mm-hmm. he was at both crime scenes, but not the first one right. that we know of. Um, so they mention again that he's only seven. Mm-hmm. I just, this is the hill I've chosen to die on. It <laughs> makes me so angry every time. Um, but they find that grandma's body had been torn apart and that her heart was taken. Yeah. And she was like, like her like ribs were spread out. Um, which I mean, that, that seems like that's something that would take time, right? I would assume so. Like, that's not a just in a couple seconds going to grab this heart real quick and we'll be on our way, Wally. Like, Wally would have had to stand there, watch that happen. Or, like, how did he keep Wally there? Yeah. Unless he, like, knocked him out or something? Maybe. I don't know. I do love when they're, like, squeezed in this little area where the body is. Like, it looks like like a laundry room or something. Yeah, like a pantry. Like, yeah. a little hallway by a pantry like, or something. <laughs> I, at least Hotch is wearing gloves, but he's just, like, picking stuff up and setting it aside. Yeah. Like, he picks up bloody bolt cutters and he puts them on top of the washer. Like, again, we're... We're compromising the scene, folks. Yes, they're really bad at crime yeah, scenes. You can't just pick stuff up and set it wherever you want. Um, Gideon comes like flying into Garcia's office to yell at the whole team um, over the phone, and he asks them about the heart and then asks if the bodies look like angels. 
Mm-hmm. Um, nobody confirms this to be the case in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the he says that the organs that were taken were each thought to be the seat of the soul at some point in oh, history. Yeah. Um, so Reed suggests that maybe drinking the blood leads to a divine encounter for the unsub mm-hmm. and that maybe the child is a messianic figure. Like all of this seems like just a lot of leaping around. Right. But, but that's what they do. Yep. So much speculation. Yeah. Um, so Annie, the woman from the beginning, her husband and son arrive at their house and the husband runs in to get something and right inside the door is a Tupperware container with a, with blood and a stomach in it. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody saw anything. Um, the sheriff is, I said, still seems really suspicious to me, but I think that's because I hate him from Shawshank. <laughs> um, he calls uh, Hotch on their nonsense theory and all of their guesswork, and mm-hmm. he's very unhappy with everything that they're doing. Um, Reed says that returning the body parts could be a sign of remorse, or it could be nothing. Like, so helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Um, it could mean everything or it could be yeah, absolute this, nonsense. So Hotch decides that they should, um, go check out all the churches in the area, mm-hmm. um, which is a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they do that and conveniently the grandma's car shows up at the church where Elle and Derek are posted. Mm-hmm. They probably would have found him significantly sooner had anyone just been looking for that car in this tiny, tiny town. Yep. Um, so a white man gets out of the car. <gasps> a white man? No. <laughs> uh, they easily apprehend him, and he's just got containers of blood. And it's like, who the hell are you? Yeah. Like, you just came out of nowhere. Yep. Um, but it turns out his name is Eddie Mays. He's 21, and he's having religious delusions. The sheriff said he used to be a really nice kid. Um, he is not a good actor either and no. I just want Doug Jones back yep That's... they should have had Doug Jones play this guy why'd they give him that tiny throwaway part yeah right it would have been so much better I know this guy it's he's just not good um apparently his dad died a few years ago but Hotch wants to talk to his mother who turns mm-hmm. out to be the fur coat lady from yes. the funeral and I was like okay why does she look so familiar why does she look so familiar uh and it's because she was Professor Maggie Walsh on season four of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. Arguably the best season of Buffy. I will die on that hill. Uh, she was really good in that season, and that's why. And then I, when I looked it up, there's actually quite a few people, including Doug Jones. There's like three actors in this particular Criminal Minds episodes who have all been on Buffy. Huh. Isn't that weird? Yeah. But yeah, it was, I was... Yeah, it was like the one a couple... The the LDSK one where all of their guest stars were on like judging Amy together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they just pick a series and just bring everybody in from that show. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, lots of Buffy in this one. Oh, nice. I wonder if they like hire one person and then that person like suggests other Maybe. people to call in and it's their colleagues. Yeah, because it would have been Doug Jones and um, I think her name's Lindsay Krause who plays... Um, Maggie Walsh on Buffy, um, they would have been in an episode together because Doug Jones was in that one, the, the totally silent one. Yeah. Um, he's one of those guys, and that was when they were in college, so she was in that too. I can't remember who the third person was, but yeah, it has to be something like that because it's, I wonder how it's many. It's weird that that yeah. has happened multiple times. Right? Uh, who's the, who was the third? Oh, um, 
Jess Maynor? I don't know who Jess Maynor is in this episode. He's the brother, Oli's brother. Oh, the okay. He was one of the he was a um one of the vampires. Uh, um, okay. On an episode of episodes of Buffy. But yeah. Anyway, sorry. Nice. This isn't a podcast about Buffy, but <laughs> it's a podcast about TV though. Yeah. Um so she says that he had uh, that she didn't even know that he was in town. He had had an episode at school, and she got him help. They ask if she'll she's willing to sign papers so that they can medicate him and try to figure out the location of this boy that's been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, which I had forgotten completely that the boy had been kidnapped at that point because, because I was so. They seem so unconcerned about this missing child. Once he goes missing, they're more worried about the organs and the theory and like all that stuff. Nobody's like, yeah, a kid has been taken. And there's a kid. Um, so the mom is like just being really suspicious. She's so suspicious. I can't believe they believe her. because I hate her from something else (laughs) this time. She is legitimately suspicious. Mm -hmm. Um, so Garcia tells Hotch that she spoke with Eddie's roommate from college and that Eddie's mom was like notoriously overprotective Mm -hmm. and would call him three times a day. Um, he suffered a psychotic break from doing too much meth and rock cocaine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, that's crack. No, Emily. <laughs> no, it is. But this, I, I know that because I Googled it. This is like... <laughs> I, I was like, is rock, rock cocaine, cocaine? Is it something I just don't even know about yet? <laughs> but no, that's they the... They mean crack. That's the choice the writers made. It's like <laughs> listening to people in a Hallmark movie talk about technology. Like, have these writers ever seen the internet? Yeah. And it's just like that, like... Like, Do you let guys me know pull what that drugs up are? on a search engine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, just, just say Google it. That's what we all say. Right. That's the thing we say. Um, so anyway, he checked himself out of this institution a week ago, and also his major was comparative religions. Love that for him. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Hmm. A big clue. Yeah. So Morgan and Elle are checking out the May's house. Um, they note that it smells like bleach. The fridge is really empty. And it's pulled out really far from the wall. Did you notice how far away from the wall that fridge was? Yes, it was weird. It was, I could Weirdly I can't let it Weirdly positioned in the room. Yeah, it was weirdly positioned in the room, which would have been a huge red flag for yeah. me. But. Um, so it's like super, super clean. They move it um, and they find one little blood ring underneath. So clearly somebody found this and cleaned this whole thing out. And it is not this hot mess of an unsub because yeah. he... Hasn't cleaned anything ever, it right. seems, <laughs> including himself. Uh, a doctor gives Eddie some haloperidol and tells Hotch that he really needs to be hospitalized. And um, Hotch agrees, but he says right, right now they really need to find the boy. Um, Hot, Eddie tells Hotch that he was very bad before, but he's much better now. And Hotch shows him Wally's picture and tells him that he took him. Reed shows him photos of all the victims. Um, Eddie is just really... Chewing the scenery here. Oh a lot. my god, it's it's intense. Yep. Um, so they leave him alone, and he tries to commit suicide. Yeah, and I didn't understand what he even used. Right, he hangs himself. Yeah, I wasn't sure what he had either. 
It was very confusing. Yeah, it was like from the bars on the window. Yeah. It, um, I don't know. The but yeah, they pull him weird. down. Um, they question Mrs. Mays, who's clearly lying about something. Morgan mm-hmm. mentions that her very nice car definitely has a GPS in it, and they can look at everywhere that she's been. Mm-hmm. Um, they tell her that they're taking her to see her son in the hospital and then take this really roundabout way. Um, yeah, and again, this is a small town. You would know from turn number one. If you weren't going the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So they're driving out um, and they take him to the spot where she, her GPS showed that she had repeatedly stopped in Mm -hmm. the last day or so. Six times in two hours, they said. Yeah. Which, I mean, what? Even if you are keeping him there, why would you need to stop that many times? What are you doing out there? Yeah. Why? Who knows? (laughs) We're Um, all so bad at this. Yeah. So... Hotch tells her that she's trying to protect um, her own, she's just trying to protect her own reputation and that she had better help them find this kid. Um, So then she's like really mad about it. Mm -hmm. Um, They find Wally alive in the shed and Mrs. Mays um, asks if there was anything that he wouldn't do for his own child. And Hotch says, I wouldn't clean the blood of his victims off the floor. And I was like, ooh, Hotch, you get points for that one. Like you might be back up to a 10 Mm because that was a sick burn. It was so good. And I just, I don't understand. Like what's her plan for this kid in the shed? I don't know either. What's the end game? Like, did did he bring? Because he says that he brought the he like he Eddie mm-hmm. thought that the uh, Wally was an angel, mm-hmm. and so he brought his mom the boy yeah. because he was like, I'm bringing you an angel. Yeah. So and like, so she took him and put him in. Did the shed. she put him? She must have put him in the shed, right? That's what I he thought. He doesn't seem with it enough to have done that. No, he wouldn't have like thought far enough ahead to have to hide the kid from other people. So now the kid knows that she put him in the shed and is keeping him there. Yeah, like what is your end game? What this are you going to do? This is a terrible plan. Right. You're going to kill him? You're not going to kill him. You just let, raise him in the shed, <laughs> bring him food every couple of hours? Like, yeah. Not every couple of hours, every few minutes, apparently. Yeah. Every 20 minutes you go out and just check on him? keep checking on him? Yeah, this is just the worst plan. Mm-hmm. Um. So then we get our end cap quote, which is Harriet Beecher Stowe once said, the bitterest tears shed over graves are for words left unsaid and deeds left undone. Mm. Um, Everybody seems pretty cheerful when they arrive back to the BAU, considering the horrific carnage Mm -hmm. that they just saw. Um, Garcia is ready to just murder Gideon. who isn't sure to whom Hotch is referring when he says her name. Yeah, and Hotch also calls Garcia sweetheart. Yeah. And I was like, ew, please don't ever do that again. That's not okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, just... Everything is awkward when they get back. It's weird. They're all being weird. Yeah, Um, but Gideon says that he's done everything on his bucket list now that he's gone skydiving, Mm -hmm. and Hotch tells him that he still needs to do the last thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Hotch leaves, and Gideon picks up the phone and calls his son. Um, Which, okay... (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Have they yet in this series? I, 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 because I know yeah. the deal with Gideon's kid, but like at this point in the series, from what we have watched, have they given us no. the indication that Gideon has a family from whom he is estranged? No. Okay. No. And I was like, that was really out of nowhere. And then yeah. I was thinking maybe I missed something. You did not. They have not talked about it at all yet. And 
the implication that Hotch makes is that there is this like deep estrangement there, right? You need to call your son before you die kind of thing, right? Is what yeah. you get from this conversation. And then Gideon calls him seemingly out of the blue for the first time in what we could assume to be years. And he answers right away. Yeah, he just answers and they seem like it like fades out on them having a seemingly pleasant conversation. Yeah, it's like so you would weird. think that it would be more tense. Right. Because we've been led to believe that like if that's the last thing on your bucket list is to contact your estranged child. You've been like, putting it off for a while. Yeah, that's gonna be a weird conversation. It's mm-hmm. not just gonna be like, hey son, it's your dad. Right. And be like, how are the kids? And just like love to see you. Let's let's make a plan. Like, yeah. Like it a was Cat weird. Stevens song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was super weird. Um yeah, and they don't they didn't tell us anything. Nothing. I don't know. I mean, I know because I've watched the rest of them, but as of now, we know nothing and it was all very strange. Yeah. I I didn't like it. It was like, it was like, this is, this should have been a really cute moment. Yeah. But it was confusing because again, Mm -hmm. the delivery, not the, like, not the acting. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's it's always the writing. Yeah. It's always the writing. It was, it's just really clunky. Yeah. And it's I not mean, how the, life works. With the guest stars, a lot of the time, it's bad acting. Well, but it's like a combination the, of the two. With the main cast, the acting is usually really good. Yeah. They just have yeah. really bizarre writing. Yeah, with. like why? Why this whole crutches thing? I don't, I don't, I don't like it. No. It's like, was Mandy Patinkin in a really bad mood that week? And they were like, you know what? We're just going to use him as little as possible because he hates it here. Supposedly, <laughs> the writers of 24 mm-hmm. would just like... When every week, like for every episode, they would mm-hmm. just be like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? And then they would write the whole episode, which is why, why it's nothing bananas. makes sense. Yeah. And there's no continuity because that was never a thought that was given when they were writing the maybe show. Maybe that's what we're like, seeing maybe here. Maybe that's what they've done here because there's so much stuff where it's just like, this character wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> No, it didn't make any sense. I actually spent an inordinate amount of time Googling whether or not Mandy Patinkin had a real injury that they had to write into the show. I feel like he did. Because that's the only way that that is even possible. I feel plausible. like I've seen an interview or something where he actually had like had surgery or injured yeah. himself. Or no, wait, maybe that was Reed. I couldn't find anything about it. Reed later had like... He actually hurt himself, and then they worked his injury yeah. into the show. But I don't know. I couldn't find anything about Mandy Patinkin, but that was the only way that I could make it make sense in my mind was if they had to write it in because of something that happened in real life. But He had a real-life skydiving accident. Apparently, I just <laughs> used it. Yeah. I don't know. He doesn't strike me as a skydiver in real life either, but we're not friends yet. Someday, Mandy, but not yet. <laughs> Working your way up there. Exactly. So what do you think of the profile this time for accuracy, helpfulness, and plausibility? Um, I mean, the profile was pretty accurate. Yeah. And also it was, um, for plausibility, it was actually really similar to the profile that the FBI came up with that helped them find Richard Chase. Yeah. Um, because they were involved in that. I listened to a podcast um just earlier today, actually, I found it. It's called Killer Psyche, and it's an, it's a retired FBI profiler <gasps> who talks about the real crimes oh, and wow. like what role profiling actually had. That's so amazing. That, yeah, it, um, the episode on Richard Chase that I listened to was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, like it was, it was really similar. Um, and I feel like their profile wasn't, I don't know. I mean, I guess it was kind of helpful, but it was so vague. It was very vague. Um, Yeah. But then they had the, uh, once they figured out it was the psychotic religious delusions, Mm -hmm. um, then they, uh, knew to check the churches and that's how they caught it. And that was helpful. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was up there. It, it wasn't comparatively. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't as bad or as unhelpful as some of the ones, maybe like a six. I was going to say like six or a seven. Yeah. Um, because yeah. this is one, I mean, they could have, again, they could have just looked for the car and that probably would have helped. Right. Um, but yeah, they actually were helpful. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't bad. And while if we're looking at our statistics now, we are 11 to one white men and uh, solidly 92% of our unsubs thus far. Our white men. Wow. Yeah. And I agree. I think uh, Hotch might have earned a point back. Yeah. I was... He had some good lines in the... I mean, even the joke he made at the beginning was like, it was like, hope everybody had a good weekend. Yeah. Like, it was really deadpan, but it was funny. Um, So, yeah, maybe I'd put him back at a 10. Yeah. So, a fully formed human being for right now. Was tempted to take a point back away for calling Garcia sweetheart because it was so awkward when he did it. It really was. He definitely is not the kind of He's person. not that kind of boss. Yeah. Like, you don't joke that way with them. They don't want that. None yeah. of us want that. But. It's uncomfortable. I'll let it go. Let it stay to 10. I don't know. Great episode, though. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. This is just, I mean, completely ridiculous, but I. I it's the kind of ridiculous that's good and yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Because there, I mean, there are two reasons to watch. There are these episodes are a great reason to watch because there's. They're great, and there's so many of them. But there's also really good disturbing episodes, too, and they kind of sprinkle them both around. Yeah. So this, I thought, was worth it, for sure. Um, The next episode is called What Fresh Hell? Don't remember it at all. Yeah. No, me neither. I don't. I mean, I read the, like, one-line thing um, description on IMDb. I didn't want to look too much up about it because I'm curious to see if I remember it once it starts. No, it sounded like vaguely familiar, but there are, have been several episodes that could be described the same way. Yeah. And I know that the ones I'm remembering are not this one. Yeah. So I'm excited to rewatch this one. Yeah, me too. And well, wherever you're listening to this, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a five-star review. You can find us on Instagram at the unsub is a white man. Our theme music is produced and performed by Nate Youngblood, and our podcast is produced by Nate Youngblood. Thanks, Nate. And you can find us again next week in Garcia's office eating Chinese food and making a mess. 